Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. Before a radio audience tuning in here at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. I'm excited to welcome author Susan Reinhardt to our program today. Susan's celebrating a great new book this month called The Beautiful Misfits. We're going to talk to her not only about the journey of life, being able to love oneself and those that you care about, but also the importance of finding your own peace. I think one of the big messages of this book, but also what it's like for her to hear the early response from others as well. If you all are not staying connected with Susan, we will let you all know where to be able to find her too. But Susan, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. It's a big month for you. I mean, the the release of the book this week. How does it feel to have lived with these characters, Susan, and now to be able to share them with the rest of us? Well, I feel like I really miss them. Um, you know, I, finished, <laughs> I actually I actually finished the book. Publishing takes so long, and I finished the book two years ago, and. Wow. Um, so I'm I'm toying with the idea of a sequel. I've never done um, a novel series, but a few, quite a few people have asked me, you know, what's happening with the characters now, and I kind of want to revisit them. Hmm. Wow. Well, that gives us and something well, to look forward some to. Of them yeah. Some of them I don't, but a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Susan, it, such is life, right? I mean, some we can do with, <laughs> do without in life, right? I think that that is the thing. Look, there are so many interesting things about this. I was saying it to you before we went on here. I had a chance to read an advanced copy of the book. But one of the things I thought was really interesting is that you did something that I love, and that is that you did not make Josie Nichols, who we get to know very well, you did not make her perfect. You did not make her without her flaws. You didn't make her right. unlike us in that she's trying to just figure life out like the rest of us. Do you think that's part of the connection, Susan, that readers are having with this book? I think so. Um, you know, like you said, nobody's perfect. And I absolutely don't like reading about these flawless heroines and heroes who, you know, they're gorgeous, they're thin. They've never had, you know, any kind of problem in their life. Just everything goes so well for them. And you know, I grew up a bit of a misfit myself, and, you know, sometimes I'd sit at the cool kids' table, other times not so much, and yeah. um, so I identified, and Josie, I think Josie is a strong, strong, brave woman, you know, she can kick some butt, but she's all vulnerable, and, yeah. and you know, she's a little bit overweight, and she's happy with it, so... And she's just trying okay. to, to, yeah. And she's just trying to figure out this thing called life, like all of us are, right? And trying to do the best right. by herself and those she loves. How did Josie come to you? How did this story kind of begin for you, Susan? Um, well, Cyrus, um, I have a son, and he's thirty years old now, and um, he went through some addictions, much like uh, Finley in the novel. But Finley, of course, was uh, 23 years old. Um, I had to 
sort of mass some facts there. Um, so it was loosely based on my, my son's journey, and um, he's okay with it. I let him read. I would never just bring this on him, and I, I let him read in a, um, an early draft, and he was okay with it. And he's helping me um, reach out to others who struggle wow. with various addictions. Wow. Well, so it, thank you. It, you know, it hit close to home. It's not autobiographical, but right. writers write what they know. And I know right. this subject well, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, Susan, thank you so much for sharing that, that personal aspect with us. And please pass uh, the thanks on sure. to your son as well, because I, I think this is this is what's going to make this book so easier for people to read and to discuss, to enjoy it for sure, because it is a great read, but also to talk about these really, you know, real issues that people are dealing with. And and since you brought that up, I want to talk about the connection then with Josie, because one of the things we realize is that none of us live in a vacuum. Josie does not live in a vacuum. She is impacted by the things that's going on with, you know, those she loves, her husband, you know, her, her children. Talk to us about that, what that was like for you to show how when life happens, we all are impacted by it. Well, Josie, um, in the novel, and I tried to make it humorous and heartfelt, mm-hmm. even though the topic was serious. And um, yeah. Josie was a very successful Emmy-winning news anchor. And, you know, her husband was sort of a flighty dentist who only wanted to do sculptures and not make any money. And her son was never home she never knew where he was and one pivotal evening she was uh anchoring the evening news in atlanta georgia and the pressures that kind of burbled from her house sort of exploded on air and she sort of lost her stuff had a hissy fit as we say in the south and had an 84 second meltdown on live tv and that was the catalyst that was the propulsion for the plot right there and and the destruction that followed her on-air meltdown so you know everybody has a tipping point right such a great point such a great point and 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 of course not all of us have to go through it in the public as Josie and so many others have done today um but I think it, it also of course makes them relatable I think for many of us as well uh, Susan, I want to ask you about this when it comes to the title, because I thought the title was really interesting as our, after I got into the book. Because I think for so many times when we think of the word misfit, we do not think of something positive. I love the fact that you're able to show that we all are misfits in our own way. We all have these qualities that make us who we are and that we all have something that's worth being valued. What was that like for you to play with when it comes to the title of Beautiful Misfits? Because I think it really applies for a lot of the characters in in the book. Well, it does. And um, so I set it at the makeup counters in a mall. Um, I actually, I was a columnist, syndicated columnist for about 30 years. And, you know, one day in Gannett company-wide layoffs, I lost my job. And Lancome Cosmetics, which is a high-end French company, they they hired me and trained me in New York to become a makeup artist. So I worked at malls and, um, you know, big department stores for about five years as a regional makeup artist. And I used those, those authentic 60s 
scenes at the mall makeup counters to sort of add a bit of humor and levity to the um, to the plot. And mm-hmm. seriously, the thing is, when I work behind the counter, all the customers, the clients, the the men and women who work behind the counters, we were all trying to figure out life. You know, everybody is a misfit, just as you said, in some way. And my goodness. I don't want to meet somebody who isn't slightly a misfit. They would be boring. Yeah. Yeah. So Such a great I point. I'm sort of based on a play on words, but mainly um, the characters at the makeup counters because they're beautiful misfits. They're glamorous, but they have lives that are entertaining. Hmm. You know, the, um, the we all hear a picture's worth a thousand words, Susan. The cover of this book is very telling in so many ways. Of course, the idea of what you just shared, of course, we see the woman looking, you know, um, uh, in uh, in the case. We're able to see the pills there in the case. Of course, that alludes to a part of what we're able to see. But also, I think there is an idea of, you know, of kind of ownership. We see Josie kind of go through that as well, but also responsibility is a big part of this book too. When you went into the book, I, I was curious, is this the book you intended to write, Susan, or did you see the, the story evolve as the characters kind of became real to you? The characters took over the book um, as often that happens in a writer's world. I had a loose outline. I knew where I was going with the book, but – you know, as it progressed through many drafts, you know, I don't know a writer who can do one draft and send it off and think it's perfect. It took me about five years of research and actually revisions and rewriting because I'm a perfectionist to um, to get it to get it where I wanted it. And um, so I think that that well, I don't remember your question. Okay, well, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, no. I was just asking you about you know, about did the story evolve, and you were just telling me that that yeah, that the characters did take over. Yeah. So I did answer the question, and they yeah. took over, and I sort of you know had to rein them in several times because they wanted to mm. go. But I am very close to the characters, and a few are based on real life people. Right. Right. So now you're on this side of it. As you said, I mean, the story has been written for a while. Now you're spending time with people like myself, Susan, sharing it. Talk to us about that experience. What has it been like for you to now have these conversations about these characters and to talk about them? Well, I have imposter syndrome, as a lot of writers have. Sometimes I think, well, you know, Why would anybody want to hear about them? But this is a very, very important issue. You know, the opioid epidemic kills more people now than uh, gun violence and traffic accidents combined. And, you know, it was my passion. So I love sharing both the humorous aspect and the serious aspect of of the novel, The Beautiful Misfits. With, with people who seem to be interested. I think it's a conversation that we should have. You know, a lot of people have families who are touched in some way or suffering in some way mm-hmm. with addiction. And right. a lot of times they don't want to deal with it. And I think in my novel I deal with it in a very positive way. 
so I want to talk about it, and I've been happy to, you know, to go on radio shows. Now, sometimes I'm embarrassed by my southern accent, you know. I tell people, look, I'm not from New York, you know. I sound like Ellen Mae Clampett. <laughs> well, as a Mississippian, uh, Susan, you sound just great to me. I can t- I, I, I could tell you that. And and I think, too, it goes to, you know, being able to let yourself, you know, being able to shine through as well. Because even though we enjoy the book, we definitely, I know, in my profession, enjoy the conversations like this. So I want to go back to something you said in the beginning of the chat here. Then we're going to remind our audience that they can get the book. And that was that, that I mean, you're not you're not closing the door on a follow-up. Um, is there a character that you introduce in the Beautiful Misfits that you would like to explore more if you got the opportunity? And really, you know, the the Beautiful Misfits, it sounds like a really heavy subject. And it's, I mean, it's a serious subject, but there's a lot of humor in the book. And there's a secondary romantic plot, a slow burn second chance romance. So sort of at the end of the novel, I don't want to give the ending away, but it is a happy ending. Um, Josie and her love interest do get together, and I would like to do a spinoff about their story and what they're doing now, and also how Finley, um, who, well, I can't give it away, but I'd like to continue his journey and also the love interest journey. I may do it, but I've written like three other novels I've got to get out there, so I might have to put it on the burner for, you know, a year. Okay. What about Philly? Do you think we'll see more of Philly? I love Philly, yes. Um, Philly, <laughs> because, you know, I, look, I think we need that one friend that's going to just be able to tell it like it is. <laughs> she is my favorite. Philly is my favorite um, side character, and she sort of, you know, it's like a character actor who steals the show. I yeah. think Philly stole the show, and I'm, I'm not interested in following up on the mean Pauline, but I am Philly because she um, was the first African-American supermodel on the cover of Time magazine. And, you know, she was a Vogue cover girl, Cosmo cover girl, and ended up with other has-been celebs working at the mall makeup counters. And um, But Philly got a chance to go back into uh, senior modeling, you know, because she's over 50. So, Mm -hmm. yes. Philly, Philly was a bright light for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely you give us the heart and the humor that definitely comes through. So I want our audience to pick up their copy of The Beautiful Misfits. Again, the author, Susan Reinhardt. We've been talking to her about this extraordinary journey. Of course, the book's available through our friends at Amazon.com. You all can get it there. It's published by Regal House Publishing, too. Susan, what about yourself? How can our audience stay connected with you? Um, well, I'm on social media, and I always follow back. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. I'm, uh, so my, my daughter is trying to get me to do TikTok, but I haven't advanced. That. <laughs> I can't get there yet, Cyrus, so um, I don't know. Look, I, I, I to, I, I'm not there either. I'm not there either, Susan. That's the only site that I'm not on is TikTok. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'm not quite ready yet. <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, what about Snapchat? I can't do that either. I try. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm not on Snapchat either. So I guess it's two places. <laughs> There's so 
Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a lot to keep up with. I just try to do what I can, so I, I try not to get too out there. But it, definitely we want our audience to be able to make sure they're staying connected with you, Susan. Susan, congratulations to you again, and looking forward to chatting with you on the program again, too. I appreciate it, Cyrus. I loved being on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, look, I appreciate that, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.